Hi, good morning, everybody. How you doing, Crossroads? Come on, we're going to need a lot of energy. This is very upbeat today. I'm going to need some audience participation. So let's get excited. All right, today we start our At The Movies series where we learn real truth from Hollywood blockbusters. I'm Mike Mason. I am one of the pastors here. And today, I want to ask you a question. Have you ever felt like you just don't fit in? Now, I'm looking around at this crowd today, and you're, you're very beautiful, so you might not relate to this, but I certainly can. Try to think back, maybe to high school. I remember my freshman year. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I never quite fit in. I had a lot going against me. Let me explain. First day of high school, this is what happens. My very first girlfriend ever breaks up with me. Very first day, in the band room, kissing a drummer. What? Drummers! But on top of all that, as a freshman, I had to go to school with a big brother who was a senior. And not only was he a senior, but he was also his class valedictorian. And not only that, he was also a district champion wrestler. And on top of all that, he was a bully. He used to push me into lockers and trash cans and any other stereotype you can think of. So I had it rough as a freshman, and I felt like I really didn't fit in. Well, you know, that's probably more common than we like to admit. Today, as we kick off the At The Movie series, we're going to look at how a group of five high school students who met in detention, a jock, a cheerleader, a brain a criminal and a basket case, despite their differences, all came together in unity to form a bond. Not those five. <laughs> These five. Could it be that maybe sometimes you still feel like you don't fit in? Even here, even at church, sometimes we feel like, well, maybe I'm a little too different I don't necessarily look or act the part. Maybe you don't have a lot of experience serving or helping at a church, or maybe you don't have enough Bible knowledge so you think that you can't help out. But I want to tell you, and please, if you did get an outline, please take out your light blue outline. I want to tell you some good news, and that is that at Crossroads, it's okay to be yourself. Please write that down. It's okay to be yourself. You have a home here at our church. You are part of our family, no matter how different you feel. And so I want us all, I'm going to do something today. I'm going to need your help, people. I'm going to do something today. I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Are you ready? Yes. You're sure? Yes. Okay, because I need you to say it loud. Here we go. Ready? Go, go, Power Rangers! Okay, maybe a little better than 10 o'clock, but I don't want to talk bad about them. So listen, it's okay to be different. God made you that way. In fact, I would go so far as to say that you are unique. So will you write that down? You are unique. God has given you a combination of different characteristics to make you exactly who you are, and that's who he wants you to be. So first... 
let's talk about our bodies. I know, right? A little bit uncomfortable. We're going to talk about our physical characteristics right now, because that's part of what makes you unique. Now, here in our lives, we have a little bit of changeability, right? We can maybe morph a little bit in this area. See, we're all given this genetic starting point, but then we can sort of alter or even improve our bodies, maybe through diet and exercise, right? Because, you know, this body doesn't happen by accident. Just making sure you're still awake. Maybe if you've got some needs, you can be helped through certain medication. And maybe if you need to go to the extreme, you can alter your physical appearance through surgical procedures. I'm telling you, health reasons notwithstanding, it's incredible how much money we spend to try to alter our physical characteristics. And yet God commands us something different. He calls us to use our bodies as instruments of living sacrifice. Take a look. We're going to look at Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Paul's writing to the church in Rome, and he says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God. Will you underline that? Give your bodies to God. Because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. So worship is not just through music and teaching. Sometimes we get confused. We, we draw a parallel between the word worship and music. But in fact, there are many ways to worship God. But beyond worship and teaching, we can worship God by using our bodies for God's purpose. And maybe that sounds a little bit familiar to you here at Crossroads. We live life on purpose. So that's our bodies. That's one thing that makes us unique. Now let's talk about what's on the inside, our souls. This would be a combination of our, our personality and our mind, the immaterial part of who we are. Now we can affect change to our personalities in lots of ways, right? We can read self-help books, or maybe we can go see motivational speakers, or maybe you're the kind of person that starts every day looking in the mirror and giving yourself a daily affirmation, right? There are many ways that we try to focus on our personality. And yet, according to the Bible, the most powerful transformation to our souls will come when we stop focusing on ourselves and instead we allow God to change us. Now let's think about this for a minute. So much of what we do to improve ourselves is about habits and personalities and listening to positive things and so forth. But in reality, the real transformation or morphing, if you will, starts to come when we allow God to do the transformation, not externally, but from the inside out. You see, we have this ability, this power, and yet we won't be able to fully use it for the purpose God has intended under our own power. It won't work. All right, let me try to unpack that a little bit for you. 
What happened there? Well, first they were introduced to the Zords, these massive creatures in the shape of dinosaurs. They're actually robots that they will be able to control, but they won't be able to use their power until they are able to morph. Now, at this point in the film, they have not been able to morph yet. But then when Zack and Jason start fighting, Billy steps in between them unselfishly to create unity and peace. And when he does, that's when he's finally able to morph. Now, what does that mean for us, all this morphing and all of that stuff? Well, we can't morph into what God has created us to be until we get ourselves into the posture of serving others, of unity. As we'll see in a few moments, the Corinthian church had this problem. But how do we get into the right mindset? How do we get into a mindset of servanthood? It's from the renewal of our minds daily through scripture and prayer. Now, as Paul continues in his letter to the Romans, chapter 12, verse 2, this is what he has to say. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Will you underline the phrase, let God transform you? So we can see here that the true transformation is not our own doing. What we do is put ourselves in the right posture. We submit to God and allow Him to renew our minds. And that's where the transformation or morphing, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, that's where it comes from from our submission to him and allowing him to renew our minds. And so here's what we have. We have our bodies. We have our souls. So now all we need is our purpose. And our purpose is assisted by God through spiritual giftedness. Please write that down. Spiritual giftedness. The spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us each. This speaks to our potential. Now, let's be honest. Have you ever wanted to be a superhero? Come on, right? Have you ever wanted to be, like, let's take Wolverine, for example. This guy can heal instantaneously. Okay, he's got an adamantium skeleton, and then claws can come out. And in case you didn't know, he can sing and dance fabulously. Now, wouldn't you like those superpowers? I know I would. Well, God has created us not as superheroes, but he does give us a gift which endows us with special abilities. So the great news is that if you have received Christ's sacrifice, if you have asked Christ to come into your life to forgive you and to be your Lord, then God has already given you a spiritual gift. God has already given you a spiritual gift from the moment you believed. So we're going to take a look at the first piece of today's scripture. Paul wrote his first letter to the Corinthians to correct some false teachings and some errors that were going on in the church. And one of those was a misunderstanding of the purpose and the use and the importance of spiritual gifts. People had certain gifts and they were using them for their own self-promotion. 
They had special gifts that were external, and they were using those to draw attention to themselves. So we're going to read starting in 1 Corinthians 12, 1 through 6. Now, dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us, the Spirit gives us, I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshiping speechless idols. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now, what does that mean? Well, what he's saying is that it's the Spirit who empowers us. So the abilities we have can never be used to go against Jesus. They instead empower us to praise Jesus. Now, this part's in your outline. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. Now, there are three phrases there that I want you to circle. Same Spirit, same Lord, same God. Do you catch that? Our giftedness, our power, our abilities come from God. The first thing we learn out of this, our spiritual gifts, all come from God. He gives them to us not for our glory, but for His glory. They're designed to be used as part of the body, not for personal glorification. Let's continue reading, verses 7 through 11. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, and another the ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages, while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. Now, read this in your outline. It is the one and only Spirit who distributes all these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. Will you underline, He alone decides You know how Christians always say, God has a plan for you. God has a plan for you. Well, this is part of it. Part of God's plan for you involves Him gifting you. You are gifted with a spiritual gift, a special ability that He gives you to achieve not our own purposes, but His purpose. So imagine that you're part of an elite team. I mean, look down. You're on a basketball court. That's right. You have a specific role to play. Your mission has been given to you by your leader. And a team fulfills its mission when each member uses his or her special ability for the good of the whole. The gifts and the talents, the body and the personality, all these things that God has given us that make us so unique, those are to glorify Him, and we do that 
by serving the good of the team, or as Paul will write, the body. At Crossroads, we call this being organized by gifting. Have you heard us say that before? That's why we had the speed dating service a couple of weeks ago. How many of you were here for that? Okay, well, if you weren't here, it's not what you think. Let me assure you, I was a little disappointed. No, what, what the speed dating service was, was we split up into six groups, and then everybody would go and learn a little bit more about six of the major different ministries within the church to decide, maybe that's a good fit for me. Maybe that's where I can serve. And so by doing that, we were giving people the opportunity to match our needs as a church with your abilities. And maybe you'll say, well, Mike, I don't even know what my gift is. Well, that's okay. Because we have a growth track, and within that growth track, one of the courses is called Discovering Your Purpose. And that's exactly what it's about, is determining what your spiritual gift is, what's your shape, and where can God use you best. You see, you don't drive a nail without a hammer, correct? That's the proper tool. You also don't serve without the proper tools. And in the hands of Jesus, the master carpenter, we are those tools. So the question is, are you sharp? Are you a sharp tool? Are you ready? You see, alone with the power and the giftedness that God has given us, we're kind of like the Zords, those big robots that you saw in the movie. We're sort of like that. We have all this potential. We have all of this power that's untapped. They were very formidable vehicles, but they're designed to be used according to a purpose, as Zach found out in the previous scene. We are designed to be used according to a purpose, and that is His purpose. Now, how do you figure out what that is? Don't go away. Wait. There's more. This is on your outline. The unique you has a contribution to make. You see, we all have a contribution to make. Our uniqueness, our ability, the power that God gives us is not designed to be used alone or in a vacuum, but instead it's to be used as part of a team. God has designed us not to work individually, but as part of a body. We here at Crossroads are a part of the body of Christ. Now, we're going to read a little bit more to figure out what that means. Continuing on in verse 12. The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. And so it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we all, we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, does that make it any less a part of the body? And if the ear says, I am not a part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? 
but our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. Please circle that, only one body. There are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some of the parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require the special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. Wow, that was about a half a chapter. That was a big chunk of scripture. So Mike, what did that mean? Let me try to boil it down to one phrase. One body, many parts, all needed. Do you get that message? Because that is a message of encouragement to all of us. All of the parts of the body are needed. So you might think, well, I'm not important. I'm not a, I'm not a pastor. I'm not a teacher. I can't play an instrument or sing. All the parts of the body are important and needed. For us as crossroads, as the body of Christ, it is important for us to have all the parts in place, functioning well, working together. Now, something else you can imply is that the parts of the body don't always necessarily get along really well. Sometimes they don't have the unity that they need. It doesn't mean they can't be a team, but sometimes there might be conflict or friction within the body. How many of you are old enough to remember the original Star Trek? I, it's totally before my time, guys. I'm not that old, but maybe you remember. And I'm not talking about the new Enterprise crew, you know, with Chris Pine and all those good-looking guys. I'm talking about the original crew. And remember how they didn't always exactly get along? Do some of you remember that? Maybe you watch the reruns on Netflix. You know, where you'll have Mr. Sulu, he's trying, to, he's trying to steer the ship, and you have no idea what he's doing. And he'll say something like, Oh my, Captain Klingons. And then Captain Kirk will say, Scotty, we need more power. And then Mr. Scott will say, I'm giving it all I can, Captain. And then Mr. Spock will say, I find your behavior highly illogical. And then Dr. McCoy will say, what do you know? You're just a pointy-eared Vulcan. Remember all that stuff? Well, the thing is, even though the parts of the body were human and didn't necessarily always see eye to eye, when push came to shove and it was time for them to work together, they came together and got the job done. But we want even better for us. We are made to work in harmony, relying on each other. So here's the last chunk of scripture we're going to read today. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. Please underline that. All the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together 
are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. First are apostles, second are prophets, third are teachers, then those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing, those who can help others, those who have the gift of leadership, those who speak in unknown languages. Are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. But now let me show you a way of life that is best of all. And that's how he closes chapter 12. Now, we'll figure out what that is in just a second. Let me ask you this question. What happens when all of the parts of the body, reminder, that's us, what happens when all of the parts of the body come together to form the body of Christ? We are unstoppable when we work in unity. Yes, there were power individually, but, but when they came together, they were even more powerful. And then when they realized what part they were, you know, legs, arms. Do you get it? You were wondering where this illustration was going. When they all work together to form the body, they're unstoppable just like us. Paul closes chapter 12 by saying, I'm going to show you the best way of life of all. And then what happens in the next chapter? Well, it's chapter 13, the love chapter. Love is patient. Love is kind. Paul says, you can have all the potential, all the abilities, and all the power in the world, but without love, without working together in unity for Christ's purpose, it's all meaningless. That's why, like those Power Rangers, we must walk in unity. That's why we say, go, go, Power Rangers. So I hope that you have been affirmed today. I hope every one of you leaves here today knowing I have a place in the body of Christ. I have a part here. There's a way for me to serve. There's a place for me to fit in, no matter how different I am, because we're all unique. And that's how God created us on purpose. So please never say, well, because I'm not a pastor, I'm not a teacher, I'm not a musician, I don't really have an important role. Never say that. Think of it like this. God doesn't take a bunch of dough and punch you out with a cookie cutter. God doesn't punch us out with a cookie cutter. He makes us all carefully, unique, one at a time. And God has not called your imitation of someone else. He's called you 